Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Well, speaking of all Australians, uh, our next guest made a lot of all Australian teams and he's now an all Australian selector, West Coast champion, Glenn Jakovich joins us. Jacko, thanks for your time. Hello, Kane. Thanks for uh, having us on the program. Do you take notice of the feedback that he's always forthcoming after the All-Australian team is selected? It was good timing. I was way in the country with work, mate. So uh, very <laughs> No coverage. Uh, no, but reception and uh, I haven't heard too much, but I got a couple of texts last night from a few people uh, questioning a few selections, but... Uh, it's the same every year, mate. So uh, what people don't realise, there's about 30 unruled players each year. Mm. 30 don't go into 22. How difficult was it this year, Jacko, watching most of the footy on a TV screen? Yeah, it wasn't actually because we uh, we covered more football uh, because we were in ISO for a fair period there where you stayed home and you had footy every night. So after work, you come watch footy on a Tuesday and a Wednesday mm. and a Thursday. So I actually covered more games this year and uh, got a good... You know, perspective of uh, the games under the format, you know, the shortened quarters and the hub life and uh, what players are up against. And, um, you know, there's some standout performances and some players that really uh, performed exceptionally well during that period. Before we get to the 22 that were named, Stephen May was overlooked for the squad of 40. How much debate was there over his position in the squad? Yeah, a lot of debate. Um, look, he came strong late. Um, in the early parts, and, and sometimes you, you're um, you're a victim of uh, your side's performance, and Melbourne's was, you know, up and down uh, as a yo-yo. Um, but you know, players like Christian Petrarca in his side were extremely, uh, you know, consistent and at a high level for a long period of time. He had a he had a breakout year, so um, you know that was uh, that was an easy one for for him. But uh, he had stiff competition down back. Um, made it and uh, you know it's probably his first year that he's had that's really broken out um, so he should be a good thing in the next couple of years if he continues that and that trajectory of uh, form and performance uh, you know be knocking on the door you you look at a performance like um, Brad Shepard he was very unlucky the last couple of years um, not to make the actual side but uh, he's continued that consistency and uh, that was rewarded at the table mm. So you do factor that in the com- uh, cumulative form um, if I can spit that out correctly the, the, the form over a longer period of time than just the 2020 season Yeah I think it's I think it's a, a, a fair discussion um, that you know you, you have to consider. Uh, whilst you only base it on the 22 rounds or the you know the 17 rounds this year, um, when you're knocking on the door and the level of form in your role, what role do you play? You look at uh, Brad Shepherd, um, his role, he, he gets the best forward each week. So if it's um, Collingwood, he, he goes to Dugowie. Um If it's you know GWS, he goes to Green. And not only is he a very good one-on-one player, he beats them in the air, beats them on the ground. And then he goes and finds his own football. And at 84% kicking efficiency, uh, that's quite elite. The other one as well was big Todd Goldstein. Why, what, what did Max Gorn do to get him the second ruck spot that perhaps Goldie didn't? Look, I think Max Gorn is, is an elite ruckman. He's, uh, his stats and his, uh, you know, uh, um, his 
form uh, over a long period of time, he, he's still one of the best ruckmen, if not the best ruckman in the competition. So really, we probably struggled to get three in there um, in consideration of a lot of players. But he was he was extremely stiff not to make the 40. The, you know, Todd Goldstein was a, uh, has been a fantastic player for a long period of time, but this side did finish uh, close to the bottom of the ladder. And um, we do look at uh, teams that... Uh, uh, players' performances that propel their side you know, to the top eight, you know, to the finals. I, uh, I, I put that, you know, um, that debate quite heavily in my summation of players and teams because you've, you've got a number of players thrown up. We've got about 30, 40, 50 players on the table and we're trying to pick 40 and then we've got to, we've got to cut 18 off that 40 and uh, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a monumental task. And each year, uh, and I say to a lot of people, um, you know, this time of year when uh, this uh, is quite uh, a discussion point, that uh, there's three or four players every year that are, that that had an All-Australian year, but we just couldn't get them in. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone underestimates the difficulty of the task at hand. Um, and the other sorry. thing is, Kane, what you've got to do, the other thing you've got to do, you've you got to put someone up. Um, it's all well and good people saying, why did he get in and why did this one get in? And, you know, uh, Goldstein, why did he, he didn't get in? And, well, mm. put him in, but take someone out. Mm. Yeah, no, that, that, that's ask, a reasonable ask, point. Put that, yeah. So you've got to take Glenn, someone out and, and then take it from there. Glenn Jakovic is an Australian Football Hall of Famer and he's also an All-Australian selector discussing the 22 uh, that were named in last night's All-Australian team. Um do you focus on positions, Jacko, particularly when it relates to the midfielders? Because the other point of controversy was that the genuine wingman, like a Gaff, a Menegola, a McCluggage, was overlooked for a couple of players in McRae and Guthrie that perhaps didn't spend much time on the wing. Yeah, but a lot of these players, they play in, in, in COVID a year, the players were playing all over the place, uh, all over parts of the ground. Don't think anyone, uh, apart from Hawkins, uh, no, Harris Andrews, but I mean, Brad Shepherd found himself in the forward line kicking goals this year. Mm. So, and that's because of the state of play. He didn't ask to go forward. He just had to follow the trend of the game that he was playing that particular afternoon when he found himself go forward and kick a goal. So, um, did they spend a majority? I saw a lot of gas this year and. I've seen him half forward. Gaff kicked a few more goals this year that he didn't normally kick in previous years. So, did he play on that true wing? Yeah, probably more than 50% of his uh, game time, but he was in the guts a lot of the time. Uh, when West Coast had a few injuries, Shuey went down, obviously Yo's gone down, so he had to change his role, so he took him off the wing into the middle. So, um, Dangerfield, how many times did he spend forward this year? And most notably, in the last game, he was pivotal for making them, against Sydney, hold their top four position, kicking three second-half goals. So he goes forward, kicks goals. So is he a midfielder there or is he a forward? So that, that's, they're all the things that are taken into consideration. I don't think we give enough credit to the modern-day forward, Jacko. So we've got Dangerfield and Bontempelli named in the forward line. They kick 21, 22 goals combined, whereas someone like a genuine specialist forward like Papley and Butler, and I know their form trailed off towards the back end of the year, were overlooked. Do, do the forwards get thrown up heavily enough when you discuss this team? This year, uh, it was, it was a, you know, a different year for more than um, points that we mentioned before. But did Papley have a better year than, um, than Patrick Dangerfield? That's the question you've got to ask. 
So you put Patley in, you've got to take Bontepalli out or, or a uh, Dangerfield out. But that's 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 how you've got to look at it. And does that look as an All-Australian sheet that you want to put forward? I, I, yeah, I'm very comfortable this year. I know a couple of years ago, probably 10 or 12 years ago, we, we ended up putting Dane Swan and a half forward flank and they got absolutely uh, criticised to the hill and probably rightfully so. That one we probably did get wrong when I look back on my time. But um, these guys actually played forward, generally played forward, went forward, kicked goals. But they kicked goals in crucial games. They got their side up in big games. And I, I put a lot of weight in that. I know the selectors put a lot of weight in that. Yeah. Uh, and we can focus on the negatives at times, but it's also good to celebrate some amazing stories as well. And, and Liam Ryan's form this year, you would have watched him closely. Uh, terrific recognition for the season he had. Uh, it was it was spectacular. Um, to where he's come from, he said he's uh, you know challenges as as a as a footballer and as a person. And uh, you know he lost his uh, his wingman in Little Willarioli. Mm. Um, and he's grown and elevated um, from his first year in 2018, which was a remarkable year. And he had a he had a, a, an interesting grand final, but he had a, a great last quarter. And um, when when a player goes to the MCG for the first time and he plays in front of 100,000 people, I think sometimes people don't realise the the enormity and the, the fear factor and the anxiety that builds up. And for him to perform the way he's done over the last. Uh, 24 months. I know he's very well uh, regarded internally, but I watch his work off the ball, and I'm probably a bit more privileged because I watched a lot of West Coast game in that hub. I will commentating, obviously, uh, and I think there's seven games in a row that they had it up to the stadium. His work off the ball was just phenomenal, and he's just improved his fitness to a new level, and his work inside his... Um, Obviously, his goal assists and his his ability to bring players into the team, uh, into the game, and create in 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 a year where uh, a lot of rolling defenders were just stacking up the the opposition um, forward line. He was just finding space, and I was just he was mesmerising a lot of defenders and a lot of people were thinking, wow, and then just his elite foot skills, his ability to find players, hit up, and then you know kick kick goals himself. Um, yeah, it was a fantastic and a great celebration for, for a lot of work that he's done. It's been building over a couple of years. And the other one as well, Nat Nui. Now, there's no debate he was the far and away the most impactful and most influential ruckman. And I would almost say top three in the competition in terms of most valuable players for his side this year. Yeah, it's a, it's a great assessment. And when you look where he's come from, two knee Ricos, and to then to pull out that season that he's done, he's been building. Last year, he showed glimpses of it, and he was able to, you know, I think string 12 or 14 games. He had that syndesmosis, I think it was last year as well, so he had that set back. And then I think this year was his first or last pre-season. It was his first one where he didn't have to go underneath the knife, and he was able to, you know, put a, a, a bulk of work into his body. And he's a big man. He's, I think he's 115 plus kilos um, to carry that around the ground at you know 30 years of age and have the season that he hit, uh, had. Um, as you said, he's probably the most impactful player in the competition. And, um, you know, one of the arguments, well, it's not an argument, but one of the commentaries uh, that you can put forward is if you're going into a major final and you had the choice to pick any of the three Ruckman right now, who would you pick? Mm. No, no, no choice. That's an interesting one. Yeah. He's a, he's a, we- I think a weapon. Nui, yeah, a lot of clubs would say they'd take Matt Nui every day of the week yeah. because he'll turn a game. And he turned a lot of games. 
this year. Um, he won them basically off his own, well, not off his own bat, but off his own, um, off his own foot, off his own hands, because his hands were just elite. Well, good on you, mate. It's always a tough task. I don't envy you, and I don't envy the backlash that uh, ensures. But there's also some great stories that need to be celebrated with the All Australian team. Thanks for asking the tough questions with us this morning. Thanks, Kane. Cheers. He was a two-time All-Australian himself. He's an Australian Football Hall of Famer. He's a West Coast Eagles legend and All-Australian selector. Glenn Jakovic, one 736 736 Are you happy with the explanations on the All-Australian side? Seems as though the selectors are very, very comfortable, clearly, with the 22 that they picked. It's 10 minutes to 11 o'clock. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.